all those ecosystems exist in their own silos. And with the right work, the right focus, you can generally find a way to infuse that backbone by, by kind of connecting the dots between those. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm still here and down in Houston at the Broadband Community Summit. And we are talking today with Keith Quarles Jr., president and CEO of A2D. I just recently became aware of A2D. Before we launch into today's show, I wanted to share a little bit about some interesting things that are coming up. One is a live stream on June 7th at 3 Eastern Time, our next Building for Digital Equity live stream. This will be the fourth one. We've had a lot of good feedback on our others. It's an interesting mix of presentations and uh, trivia and, and Q&A. And you can find more at buildingfordigitalequity.com where you'll see information about that live stream on June 7th at 3 Eastern Time. Also there, you'll see information about the Building for Digital Equity podcast, of which we have many episodes and more to come. Uh, these are shorter discussions about people doing that hard work. And then for those of you who haven't heard about the Connect This show, we are going to be continuing to do those about every two weeks. And you can find more at connectthisshow.com. That is a hour-long video show, usually a little bit longer than that, often featuring Travis Carter from USI Fiber in Minneapolis, Kim McKinley from Utopia Fiber, and Doug Dawson, the consultant extraordinaire. So if you haven't caught any of those, uh, they're best on video. You can watch them on YouTube. Uh, you can find that and additional shows from ILSR, uh, the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, where I work, at ILSR.org slash podcasts. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. So I was I was very excited when uh, we're putting together these panels, and one of the panels that I was running, uh, Barbara, who runs the event, said, we got this guy, Keith Quarles, he's going to be perfect for your panel. And I'm always nervous when I don't know someone, but you're perfect <laughs> for the panel. Well, I, I appreciate it. I lived up to uh, expectations. <laughs> so, so tell us about A2D. So A2D is a, uh, we're an open access CLEC, um, obviously industry term, but open access carrier. Um, and um, we're, we're, we're infrastructure based, all fiber optics uh, to the home, to the business, to the, to anything. Does A2D mean something? Uh, analog to digital. Ah, okay. So it kind of represents the, uh, the transition that we're all living in right now, right? Yeah. Is, is from the uh, old analog infrastructure way of telephone video to everything's digital now so you are a private for-profit company that focuses on open access exactly and i will emphasize in its purest sense so several years ago i felt like there was one or two of these that i knew of mm -hmm. there's a few more now many of them are um, have different focuses and that sort of a thing but you're focused on something that you call filling in the gaps and i think that's interesting you're not going after like a major market area you're not trying to build all of atlanta <laughs> you're you're focused on filling in the gaps. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, it it's 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 about um, you know market entry and about also about uh, digital. You you could call it digital inclusion, right? Is as as we look at uh, this transition from analog digital, we look at the industries transitioning from telephone markets, cable markets to now. What is the what does the internet do? Internet kind of unifies everything, but the the, the telecom market really truly hasn't adapted to this like universal look. So what ends up happening is 
you have these pockets, right? So a cable provider will may or may not upgrade their area. Uh, the Ilex may or may not upgrade theirs. So you have these 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 islands that kind of exist. And when you add those up, even in what one would consider metro markets, those those little sub markets, little pockets, start to add up to pretty significant. And in the world of public funding, federal funding, where the maps will show unserved, underserved, a lot of these areas are going to get missed mm-hmm. um, because that from from a census block, they may look, oh, we're all we're all served. Well, there's enough communities within those that are tr- actually aren't, and so that's why we're trying to push the envelope in that. Georgia was a state that pushed the envelope in mapping, and I'm curious if that helped you out a lot. They were like, I think they're like one of the first states that had. Is a more accurate map than the horrendous FCC maps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, de- definite kudos. Uh, we're we're well in touch with the folks at um, um, GTA, Georgia Technology Authority, um, and also the uh, state broadband office. Uh, very good maps. Um, but but again, um, I still we, what we're seeing is is markets that even after ARPA, after BEAD, you're still going to have. Um, and they exist right now, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not showing up necessarily in the maps because they may be served, but affordability, right? For, maps don't address necessarily affordability, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, great job. Georgia's doing a great job, has done it, and they're very, um, you know, we feel like they're very in touch with what's really going on in the communities, and that's great. Um, but as always, there's more to do, right? And, and we feel like, like we're trying to do that. We're trying to take that next step. So if we're talking about um, trying to think of, a, of an example of a county, you might have like 25,000, 50,000 addresses. And then like among them, you might have like 1,000 that are not served. They're kind of spread out around. And so are you, you're building out to like those areas and then connecting the areas in between as best you can? Exactly. And it, it, it's work. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. I'll, I'll, t- I'll say that up front is what we're – because as you know, networking, it's not – you can't just like – go into a neighborhood isolated and say, oh, we're going to do the, you know, do a mm-hmm. network. So we, we, we find strategic and creative ways to, to infuse uh, initial infrastructure called backbone infrastructure and build that in, in a way that passes through uh, these, these kind of missed neighborhoods. Right. Um, so it, it's tough, like I said. And so um, uh, it, I, I think we're doing the work that a lot of others just don't have the time or the funds to do, but um us and uh, our, our our equity group, they're 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 backing us, and they're seeing there's, we're seeing results as we speak right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I mean, um, we're we're in a county now that's about ninety thousand premises, um, and it is a uh, it, it is a prime market where ATT fiber is there and so forth. But yet we're still finding a significant amount of areas that um, may not be underserved from a from the 100 by 100, but they're not fiber areas yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we're pushing that envelope and, and trying to get really where we get affordable, high-speed gigabit internet to to areas that 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 will probably get missed in this in a lot of this funding. Primarily fiber, entirely fiber. We are entirely fiber. Um, in several in several instances, we will we have and and are um, partnered with a wireless provider. Right to do fiber to the node so that they can extend. You know, it, there, there's going to be areas where you know ten homes per mile pass. I mean, that's that's just not going to yeah. you know work. But but we do uh, we do we, we try to push on those best as best possible. But in those in those extreme cases, we'll partner with a a wireless carrier, um, and they'll do the fiber to the you know direct um, um, uh, fixed wireless 
to them. And if over time uh, we can justify a fiber build out, we're out to that, then, then we can. But but we again, we try to we push the envelope, try to service everyone in those areas. You've mentioned creative ways of expanding the backbone. Mm-hmm. Is that one of those creative ways? Are there additional creative ways? So, um, you know, not to tell the whole secret sauce, but, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but no, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's realizing, uh, the disconnect, right. Between, um, the school system and the municipality mm-hmm. and the library system and fiber to the tower. And, you know, th- this ecosystem is, is highly, you know, people have the perception that when you jump into telco, oh, everything is all interconnected and we know everything. Da-da. And, for us, on some level, yes, we do. But on the level of the economic development, the municipalities, it's not. It's, it's highly dis- disjuncted. And so a lot of times we find ways, creative, again, creative ways to, to, to get that backbone in by simply connecting the dots, right? Like I said, you have school systems. They, 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 they're in their own ecosystem, as, as, as you know. Um, the municipality itself, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you take a county. There's two, three, four, five different municipalities. Some of them may or may not have their own gas company. Some of them may or may not, you know, so there's ways to really, and then you got local EMCs, right? So, so all those ecosystems exist in a diff, in their own silos and with the right work, the right focus, you can generally find a way to infuse that backbone by, by kind of connecting the dots between those. And EMCs for people who are not in Georgia are uh, electric membership corporations, which, uh, is uh, what everyone else calls electric co-ops. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yes, yes, yeah, sorry, that is a local uh, state term yeah, that we use. Yeah, no, and there's different, you know, different different folks who have different language for different reasons. Right. Um, what brought you into this work? Uh, I was formerly a real estate developer uh, in and around Atlanta, um, uh, pre 2008 crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I was primarily focused on um, um, uh, multifamily, uh, commercial, and um, actually did a hotel. Uh, right before the crash. And so um, I was approached by my now partner, uh, Antoine Alsebrook, who's a founder of our company. Mm-hmm. And uh, with with the model that I now push now, right, is, is uh, hey, let's do an open access network uh, on your development, or two, at that time, two developments. I'll shorten the story, but it's interesting because this was 2005, right? So, and I, I remember like yesterday, at that time, um, the cable companies in Atlanta, I want to say their name, you know, that we were, we, what, what the narrative there was 12, 12 meg burst, right? Uh-huh. We were at 12 meg burst, right. burstable, right? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, right. was out in the, on the commercials. Right. And, and here comes this guy saying, Hey, fiber optics, open access. I mean, you, you, you couldn't layer it on a more advanced model in that period of time. And, but, but it stuck with me as a real estate developer because I quickly realized that, Number one, the A2D, analog to digital. I, I got that from the beginning. And, and, and that was critical, was understanding, hey, the industry is this way right now. Technology is this way, but it's going to be something different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in essence, he who owns that infrastructure will ultimately win right now. Fast forward, it's been how many, <laughs> 12, 13 years now in history. It, it, it's, it's taken time, but I think technology has and, and the industry has caught up. But that's how I got into it. I was, I was on the developer side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, uh, I, I um, shut that down and, and, and hopped on to got into telecom. And at that point, you recognized that whoever owned the network would be king. You decided you didn't want to be the, the king. You wanted to share that with others. How did that work? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so part of that was understanding, um, come, again, come from the real estate world. I understood the difference between you know, the owner, owner of the building and the tenants, right? And so 
that looks one way in real estate, looks a different way in, in, in telco. Um, and, and that's been a lot of our growth and challenge is um, uh, uh, understanding and appreciating that dynamic, the ISP versus the network operator or network owner. And um, I'd, I'd like to say that we've, you know, our company's mastered that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, uh, um, at least six plus um, ISPs on our networks. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the that's the secret sauce is is how do you how do you balance where you we we own and operate the infrastructure, but yet we're we it it is done in a way and it's in markets that are both appealing and attractive to the ISPs, right? And create a model where everybody truly wins, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's really no full conf- confrontation. Um, there is confrontation. Obviously, we're we're a market disruptor, right, to the incumbent. Right, but you said that the first thing you do when you're going to a market is reach out to the incumbent to say, "Hey, I'm building here. Yep, let's yep. work together." I give, I, give, I give you, I give you a fair chance, right? And, and I bet and, they don't appreciate it, nonetheless. <laughs> so, so it's it, you know, again, everything evolves, right? So, I, I would say uh, during the earlier days, kind of B top ish, um, there was a lot of resistance, even 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 as recently as you know a few years ago. I mean, it, it there's, there's definitely resistance because it is a disruptor, right? And and mm-hmm. Um, but I think as those incumbents embrace what the future will be mm-hmm. and, and they're seeing it now is it's becoming more of an invitation like, OK, I, I get it. I see how I can speak on the, on the incumbent. I can gain market share without having to you know, block everybody out, per se. You know, and, and that's just the reality that we're dealing with is, is uh, not to be you know, we, we've heard it before. I mean, there's vested interest for the incumbent to block, block mm-hmm. competition. That's just the nature of the business. Um, but but we're we're just recently now seeing a little bit more of an open door to that concept. But yeah, before it was it was you know I know I don't like you and and right. and I and, and quite honestly it was uh, I, I don't believe you're going to do it. So a lot of times it was we had to prove that we we're going to do it and and do it and deliver and 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 then 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 they want to play. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of stories, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of sweat and grit. But but yeah, I, th- I think we've we've we like the model and we're 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 going full full board on it. Excellent. How did you get to know? Like, what, I think this is sort of the last question I'll ask you. Sure, uh, sure. But um, how did coming into this from real estate? Like, how did you get up to speed on telecom type stuff? Because there's a lot of people <laughs> coming into this field right now from other other professions. Yeah, yeah. Trying yeah. to figure out how to understand so, what all this stuff so, means. So, so there, there's there's more similarity than people would think uh, in this. So, as as a developer, right? It's just sim- very similar, right? As a developer, people from a non-developer always try to get in development. Like you had construction guys, which mm-hmm. I figure out. You have architects, money guys, try to figure out. So the same thing in telco is 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 okay. Well, yeah, I see the money. I, I see this thing, but I don't really know. And so um, I think key to it is quite honestly is is the is the top group that we partnered with. Right? Um, we're all at the end of the day. We're there's four of us at the at the top of the company. Um, I'll say Nate, my, myself, Antoine Alsbrook, Gerald Rector, and Rodney Gray. We're all engineers by by schooling. Even though I'm, you know, I'm the business guy, I'm the the the, <laughs> the business dad. But yeah. you know, I'm a civil engineer by training. So we're all naturally built to figure stuff out. And and having that at the top has been phenomenal. Uh, we rely heavily on um, our our most senior guy, Joe Rector. He's been in the industry for thirty plus years. Um, he's been with various companies building the internet, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. over those years. And so um, to answer, you know, to better answer the question, I've I've gotten up to speed. From one, just you know, you have a problem-solving mind. Two, being around um, the enough folks in the industry that, are, that that do understand what's going on, and then the rest is just just um, 
being around long enough to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it's but it's it's, it's been a very you know, a very eye-opening industry. I've been in, what now, I guess, 13 years. So um, I can't, I can no longer say I'm a newbie. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, at this point, you're old school. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. But like 80% um, of people in this field have been here for less time than that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, it's, it's, it's definitely been a learning curve. And, and it, it's an industry you just have to get in and, and figure it out. Because cause they're not, that's the other thing, is they're, they're, they're not really going to tell you what's going on, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they, you know, even I know you see network maps and what, but, but it's industry. You, you just have to, you have to get in, swim in it mm-hmm. and, and, and figure out the lay of the land and, and eventually figure your way. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a easy point of entry by, by any means. Well, it's wonderful. And we're excited to, to get to know you and, uh, and hopefully uh, report on uh, more network uh, deployments coming yeah, up. Yeah, we, we have some great stuff coming up uh, even even this year. Uh, we'll, we, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the the first to uh, first to release. How about that? On, okay. on some, some very exciting news coming up uh, uh, here shortly. Wonderful. That yep. sounds great. Yep, yep. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Keith Quarles, the uh, president and CFO. I might have said CEO. You did earlier. That's All okay. Right. No problem. CFO of A2D. Only person we be mad with Antoine. He's yeah. A- yeah. <laughs> yeah, no well, sorry, Antoine. You should have been here. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle's at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ilsr.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening.